Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have so much fun today because we're going to be talking about some things that are near and dear to my heart. And I love talking about how to start a business. And for those of you who have already started your business, trust me, the information we're going to be talking about is still very valuable to you. That's what I love about this is you could have been in business for 20 years and the information is still great information. So please join me in welcoming Sean Castrina to our program today. Welcome, Sean. It's great to be on the podcast, Deb. Perfect. I love it. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So Sean Castrina is a serial entrepreneur, having started more than 20 companies over the last 20 years, and he still seeks to launch a new venture annually. He is an investor, teacher, and highly sought after speaker who communicates with humor and a bluntness that engages and captures his audience. He is the author of Eight Unbreakable Rules for Business Startup Success, The Greatest Entrepreneur in the World, and World's Greatest Business Plan. So again, Sean, welcome. Well, again, we're glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. Let's be excited to help your audience if I can. Perfect. Well, and the one thing that I didn't mention is you also have a podcast called The 10-Minute Entrepreneur, um, which has great information. So, you know, we we really are going to have a good time. Now, you have had up, you know, kind of some challenges in life, some great things that have happened. I mean, holy schmoly, 20 companies that you have started and and all sorts of things. But tell us how it is that you got to where you are today and how you discovered that that what you're doing now is truly your passion in life for at least now. Yeah. No, I mean, I was going the the normal route that Mm -hmm. You know, I was got a college education. Mm-hmm. I went to college on athletic scholarship. Mm-hmm. Uh, got out of college, had my dream job in the D.C. area for a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. New house, married, new baby. Had the you know literally the uh, right. The you had Rockwell. the dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the Norman Rockwell mm-hmm. going, and then got let go pretty much overnight because Ooh. there was a change in leadership. Mm-hmm. And I kind of knew then that I, I would never be financially dependent on a job. I would mm-hmm. always have something either on the side mm-hmm. and or you know, my own thing just in Mm -hmm. general. So my paradigm pretty much shifted. I was literally one class away from a master's degree. And, Mm -hmm. and then once that happened, I I decided that I was going to do something, you know, that I had more control. I actually Mm -hmm. went into selling life insurance, which was actually really good money. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you can sell, you can make a lot of money there. And I, and I, we used to have staff meetings on Mondays and it's the first time I saw really expensive cars. Mm -hmm. Like that's the first time I was around, you know, a lot of Mm -hmm. extremely um, successful people financially. Mm-hmm. And this was geez, almost 30 years ago. And I, I thought to myself, it would be so neat if we could get our cars clean while we were in these meetings, like mm-hmm. we're going to go out and do, sell. Mm-hmm. This is before, you know, there was a car wash every block. Right. 
And so I started Waxmaster Mobile Detailing and, mm. and all I did was set it up, never cleaned mm-hmm. a car in my life, just mm-hmm. created the name, the brand, the mm-hmm. toll-free number. I remember 888-WE-DETAIL, which was 933 Tagline was America's Choice in Mobile Detailing. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, I made $35,000 passive income that year. Wow. And it took me about two hours a week of work, just coordinating mm-hmm. a couple things with the people who answered the phone and mm-hmm. scheduled the work to be done. I knew then that I was kind of on to something that mm-hmm. I, one is that it killed a lot of the big myths, mm-hmm. the big one, big myth. And it's, I call it an entrepreneur's mistress is passion. Mm-hmm. Passion will, you got to be careful because you can, just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean it's a good business idea. Right. You know, I would say, you know, uh, example, um, geez, Richard Branson is very passionate about yachting, but he doesn't have a yachting business that mm-hmm. I can that I can find. Mm-hmm. So you can pay for your passion. So mm-hmm. you just kind of, you know, you, you, get, you need to be passionate about what you're doing maybe within the business, which is mm-hmm. what I like. I love the startup, the branding mm-hmm. and all that. But my point is the actual industry is irrelevant to me because mm-hmm. again, I don't clean cars, have no, but I saw a need. And so mm-hmm. that's where I kind of got the aha that, okay, you just need to find a need. Mm-hmm. You need to f- solve a problem mm-hmm. and there's a business there. And that, and that if you structure it correctly, you don't have to be trapped in this business working a hundred hours a week. I started every one of my businesses with me kind of working my way out of it. Mm. And so again, you know, making 35,000 of passive income that mm-hmm. year, I, I knew that, that I had something and I just mm-hmm. kind of have rinsed and repeated mm-hmm. for the last, you know, almost 30 years. I love it. Yeah. And I love, and you you talk about it in your your book. Hold the book up, be Vanna. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Lots of books, but the eight unbreakable rules. There we go. Right, and and so I I read it last night. It's a great book. And as I mentioned, even if you've been in business for years, there are still so many tips in there because I think many times we skip things, <laughs> you know, oh, or we you know we think eh, it's not really important. All those various things. So that's where I, I always love talking about this because there are so many things that you know always pertain. And you talk, you know, you you mentioned passion, and I think that is definitely one of the the the, the bugaboos with starting your own business. You know, we're all told, oh. You, you, you have to be passionate about it. If you love it, it will never be work. Yeah, that's Black. the biggest crock of crap. <laughs> yeah. well, start a business that doesn't make money and see how, mm-hmm. pas- see how that passion right. turns to a bitter right. pill. Right. Well, and it might be something that you love doing, yeah. but there's so many things that go along with a business. You know, that that you're probably not going to be wild about. You might not like the marketing. You might not like the invoicing, the sales, all of those various things. So then, of course, what happens many times is you lose your passion for your passion. Um, and, you know, and, and so I love that it's, you know, you, 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 what your, your concept is, is that you do what you do to be able to do your passions. Exactly. I mean, my successful businesses pays for every passion mm-hmm. I have. I, I can play golf courses anywhere in the world. I can mm-hmm. give money to any amount of charities I mm-hmm. want to give money to. I've never missed a school event. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm home at, you know, 530 for dinner every single night. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I can, I, I, the things that are important to me, mm-hmm. you know, entrepreneurship is definitely provided. Right. right. 
You know, and probably you know, if we if we had to 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 say the the passion that you have is that entrepreneurship. You Absolutely. know, it's not the actual business itself because that's like you know, as you said, they come, they go. Um, but but yeah, so I, I love that, and and I think that really is what so many people get caught up in is they have to be loving what they do, and then when they don't, they think they're a failure. Yeah. And I always say, listen, I, I live really well, but I have a dog. My dog craps. I still got to pick it up. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's yeah. crap in everything mm-hmm. we do. Oh, there are yeah. certain mm-hmm. things that we just do because it's part of life. Now, mm-hmm. what I've learned is the more successful you get, how much of it you do less. Mm-hmm. So right. There was a time when probably 80% of what I did, I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. But it was the heavy lift getting mm-hmm. it started mm-hmm. the first two years. Now it's more like 28. You know, mm-hmm. I do 80% of what I do, I love to do. Mm-hmm. 20% of what I do, I don't really like mm-hmm. to do. And and if I could delegate, I would, but it, I can get it done faster. Yeah. My phone call is more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, there's no reason for me to delegate it because it would take somebody, you know, a lot longer to accomplish it. Right. I can make one phone call mm-hmm. because of who I am, I can get it done. Right. That's the only thing that switches, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think in the, you know, the first two to five years, you know, you're going to do some heavy sledding at times, mm-hmm. but uh, the the payoff right. is pretty. I tell people, you know, the Forbes 400 list, every single person on it's an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. or an heir to an entrepreneur. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, and, all and, and a lot of them really aren't the heirs. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it, it, you know, you, you mentioned in the book that many people are, you know, they are, they, they started from nothing and built 75% of wealth is first yep. generation mm-hmm. wealth. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and and the heirs, in many cases, do something different. You know, they yeah. take that wealth and they go do what their passion yeah. is. Yeah. So you can exactly. So I, I just think entrepreneurship is the one thing that you know we could get into whether we all start at a level playing field, and that could be debated here or there. Mm-hmm. All I know in the United States is I can point to every gender, mm-hmm. every race, and I could show you a wealthy person. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Definitely. It, you know, so it, it, it really does not discriminate. Mm-hmm. It, it rewards great mm-hmm. ideas and effort. Right. Right. You know, and uh, what I love about talking about this right now is, you know, as we're recording it, we're still in this stupid pandemic. <laughs> you know, those who said it was going to last two weeks. Ha. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but what has happened is I think we've definitely had a shift. And the longer this goes on, obviously, the more things shift. We we unfortunately had a lot of people that lost their jobs. You know, either they were furloughed and and you know or downsized. All these various things. They're working from home. You know, and and I think what's happening is many people, even if they still have a, a full time job, are thinking, "Is this really what I want to be doing? Maybe I should start my own business." I think many people are starting a second business. You know, they they need to earn some extra money. They've got extra time. Holy schmoly, you know, you remove all of our commute times <laughs> and we've got quite a bit of free time right there. So that's what is is, you know, so important about what you talk about in your book because it does walk people through the steps. And you know, it's it's a great book because it's short, it's sweet, it tells you why you should do this um in in you know, very easy to understand terms. And I love that you say you really don't have to have these long, drawn out, three inch binder business plans. <laughs> yeah, no, that I mean that's ridiculous. No, most entrepreneurs have very short attention spans right. to start with. So mm-hmm. giving us a three hundred page dissertation to do is probably well. 
Or we do them and we might have a marketing plan. We might have a this, we might have a that. And then it sits on the bookshelf behind us and gathers dust. Yeah. That's why we say your business plan needs to be an active business Mm -hmm. plan. It's always evolving. It's pivoting constantly. Mm -hmm. And it may look completely different Mm -hmm. two years from now Mm -hmm. from what you originally thought it would be. Right. Well, let's go through kind of one by one the, the eight unbreakable rules and, and really go into them in detail. Um, because as I said, these are is great information for anybody. And so let's just kind of start, obviously, at yeah. the beginning. You have to be qualified. I mean, how many people think, oh, I could do this, but they really can't. So yeah. tell us a little bit more about why, you know, how you even figure out if this is something you should be doing. Yeah, I, I think for one is that I bet on people, not ideas. Mm-hmm. I get a DM literally every 45 minutes mm-hmm. in relation to somebody pitching me an idea. Right. And I, so just for one, let's just alleviate the value of an idea. The person mm-hmm. is, if you become an entrepreneur and that you develop the qualities of a successful entrepreneur, whether it's your first business or your second business, you're mm-hmm. going to hit gold. One of them will work. Mm-hmm. So I, I tell people first, why do you want to be an entrepreneur in the first place? Mm-hmm. My daughter's a school teacher. She would be an awful entrepreneur mm-hmm. in fairness. Right. She likes structure. Mm-hmm. She has, she's oblivious to money. Mm-hmm. So she's perfect mm-hmm. at what she's doing. My wife's a nurse. Same thing. Right. My, my wife couldn't tell you what's in our checking account for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Has no, could right. care less. Right. So find out why you want to do it because mm-hmm. I think your why has to motivate mm-hmm. you and it has to fit. Mm-hmm. Typically entrepreneurs, you know, they are financially motivated. Mm-hmm. They want to control their future. You know, they don't want to be told what to do. They, um, you know, they want to be able to chase different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they, they don't, yeah, they, it's a different breed. They, they're mm-hmm. a little more, they don't mind risk. Now right. we don't take crazy risk. I think that's one of the, you know, right. One yeah. Of the you talk about that a lot, there. you know, is, is, yeah. you know, don't be betting your house on this folks. Yeah, you don't, <laughs> but, but what I'm, but there are qualities that great entrepreneurs have example. They, you have to be able to relentlessly pursue one thing mm-hmm. for a, a sustained period of time mm-hmm. where if I give you a great idea and then next month you have another idea and next month you have another idea. And we know people like this, mm-hmm. they, they're, they're like chasing rabbits. Right. So it's that quality of being able to, mm-hmm. to be able to have sustained focus on one thing and relentlessly mm-hmm. pursue it where you, you know, you don't get distracted and you, and you overcome things mm-hmm. like that. Right. You typically have great communication skills. Why? Because you got to interview people. Mm-hmm. You got to bring on contractors, vendors, you're, you've got to negotiate, mm-hmm. you, you're working with banks, you're getting, uh, you know, financing, whatever startup money, whatever the case may be, somebody with good communication skills, good sk- sales skills, mm-hmm. the ability to build a team. Mm-hmm. I'm just going through a few and I'm just right. saying to a person is, is that do two things. Number one is know why you want to be an entrepreneur to mm-hmm. start with, because it has to motivate you during the initial heavy mm-hmm. lift. Right. And Being it can't an, be because there was nothing else. That's the right. worst reason. <laughs> I think the worst time to start a business is because you got let go from a job. Mm-hmm. I, I really do yep. because you're, you're, you're typically wounded at that right. point. Mm-hmm. You're financially wounded and your mm-hmm. ego is wounded. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think you're at your healthiest point. I tell people, get a job mm-hmm. and get a business and do it at the same time. Right. You know, your that, job that, pays the bills and maybe that's working at, you know, Walmart or whatever. It doesn't matter where it is. Mm-hmm. I did that. In other words, mm-hmm. I, I knew I wanted to start a business, but I went and sold insurance mm-hmm. and, 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 <laughs> and, you know, so it, it can work that way. Um, but again, know why you want to be an entrepreneur. It has to mm-hmm. motivate you. It has to be so motivating to you 
Like I always had something I was looking at every day. It was either I laminated car that I wanted, a house I wanted, mm-hmm. uh, flexibility. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be able to do what I want during mm-hmm. the day. I had all these motivators. So when things were crappy, I knew why I was in this right. fight. Mm-hmm. So number one, be a great entrepreneur. You know why you want to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and be a great entrepreneur. Develop mm-hmm. the qualities that your your highly successful people mm-hmm. have because again, if you procrastinate, you're probably not going to do well. Right. If you lack leadership, you're going to have high. Mm-hmm. You know, you're li- you're going to have limits mm-hmm. there. There's a variety of things. If you can't stay focused, you can keep going down mm-hmm. the line. If you're lazy, if the second an obstacle comes up, you can't handle stress. Mm-hmm. You get paralyzed. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these things would prevent you, I believe, from being an right. entrepreneur or a successful mm-hmm. one. So let's work on that, number one. Right. You know, and, and one of the things you mentioned in your book is, and, and you know, this is obviously a little bit further down the road when you've maybe been doing this. Well, maybe it is at the very first. When you get an idea, when you yourself get an idea yeah. for a new business, you kind of noodle on it for 60 Abs- days. Absolutely. I, yeah. They all sound great in my head. Right. Mm-hmm. But I like to I like to marinate on them mm-hmm. a little bit. I like to yeah. expose them to criticism, uh, critiquing. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to vet an idea, mm-hmm. you know. So again, I they all sound good the first week. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and and that's when we're really passionate about it. You know, we oh, think absolutely. about it. We've seen something that needs fixed, or you know, something like that, and we're like, oh, we can we can be the person to fix it. But then two weeks later, four weeks later, it's like, that might not have been the best idea in the world. Yeah. they Again, I can't, I, I, I write them down in my journal and I put mm-hmm. them at the back of my journal when I write an idea down and, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'll go back and look at it like a week from now and it's not that quite as good. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's why, you know, the, the second rule was you really need to qualify your ideas mm-hmm. because we, right. we tend to think all our ideas are winners. Mm-hmm. And they may be a winner, but they may not be a winner in your area. Mm-hmm. There may be too much competition mm-hmm. in your area. Right. It may be a company that's really hard to staff mm-hmm. in your area. It may be something that people don't pay a great deal of. Perfect example. I got a call. You're from Georgia. Mm-hmm. So our business is in Charlottesville. And she, I own really a home service conglomerate. Mm-hmm. And one of the things she wanted done, we, we kind of gave her a price for. And she said, well, my sister got it done in Georgia for such and such. Mm-hmm. And it was like a third of what you would pay. Right. Here. So I would not have that business in Georgia. Right. There ain't enough margin. There ain't enough meat on the bone to interest me. Right. And I told her, I said, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't start our vehicle up for what your sister paid. Right. That's what my yeah. staff said. And and it's it's probably because there's more of those yeah. companies here. You know, kind of. There's a variety of reasons for it. Yeah. And it's just in every business. You know, there's businesses in Georgia that do better there than they would mm-hmm. in a small town because right. you need more, you know, more people there. So mm-hmm. I, I just tell people, you, you got to qualify your idea. You got to vet it. You got to test it. You got to mm-hmm. beta test it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to make sure the marketplace wants mm-hmm. what you're offering, because if it, that's the hardest thing to fix, like in right. all the things in business to fix, the hardest thing to fix is no interest in what you're offering. Mm-hmm. Right. You can darn near fix everything else. Mm-hmm. It's hard to fix mm-hmm. a bad idea mm-hmm. defined as nobody wants it. Right, right. You know, and we've all seen examples of that where companies have done things. And, you know, I probably one of the, the best ones would be uh, Google+. Plus. Yeah. You know, that was their third attempt at having their own social media network, you know, because they saw the success of Facebook. And they thought, well, we're Google. 
we should be able to do this. We can pour a ton of money into it. We can all do all these things. And of course, everybody went, yeah, but we're already on Facebook. (laughs) And and so it was a great idea, but like you said, nobody wanted it. Yeah. And it'd be hard to transition people from Amazon right now. Mm -hmm. It's so in your, you Mm -hmm. know, it'd be, what I always say is that they're not perfect, but I, I, I can't find much they could change. Right. Right. I mean, they've got it pretty well down. Yeah. I mean, you know, there the the companies that will compete are the, are only the people that have the money, the Walmarts of the world. Well, the perfect Um, example, look at, look at Microsoft did Bing. mm Mm-hmm. You know, they had endless money. It was the right. you know most wealthiest mm-hmm. company in the world mm-hmm. at the time, and and it has been for a great deal. But mm-hmm. they never they never made a dent, right? Mm-hmm. In, in in you know the SEO mm-hmm. and search you know search engines and yeah. all that. Yeah, and part of, we're just trained. I mean, you know, when when Google has become the noun, the verb, the, you know, they had to yeah. do all of those things. You know, that's the, you know, and and so yeah, it's a great idea. But there was no market for it, um, you know. And and other examples would be, you know, restaurants, things like that, where you're thinking, oh, well, hey, this would be a great restaurant. Well, might not be in a good area for a restaurant, or there might already be twenty restaurants there. Yeah, I always say, you know, why? It, it's so simple question, but why would somebody buy from you mm-hmm. as opposed to what's out there? Right. I mean, your your value proposition has to be strong. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has to differentiate. Mm-hmm. You know, like. And Domino's did so well, you know, because pizzas, you know, every there was pizza shops everywhere, but mm-hmm. they did the delivery. Yeah, the thirty and the thirty, and the 30 minute 30 delivery guarantee, right? right. Mm-hmm. And you can, uh, just an example of in the pizza industry how you can do it totally three how three people mm-hmm. can make a ton of money or actually four. Mm-hmm. Okay, which McCall? Uh, oh, gee, Little Caesars did mm-hmm. pickup. Right, they didn't even mm-hmm. try the delivery. Right, you're on you your come, way home. You pick up the pizza. You get two pizzas, basically for the cost of you know two pizzas mm-hmm. for the cost of one. That right. that's their that was their value proposition. Mm-hmm. Worked incredible. The mm-hmm. guy was able to buy the you know the Detroit Tigers baseball mm-hmm. team, so did okay. Mm-hmm. Did okay. Then you had Domino's did the delivery. Mm-hmm. Then Pizza Hut really had the sit down eat pizza, and they right. evidently still sell more pizzas than anybody. Mm-hmm. And then you come back in, and then Papa John's comes mm-hmm. with better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's mm-hmm. they differentiated themselves away from Domino's, mm-hmm. and we just offer a better tasting pizza. Right, right. At the end of the day, we can do what they're doing mm-hmm. because the thirty minutes or less was done. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to give you a better pizza. Mm-hmm. The point is, you got to differentiate yourself in mm-hmm. something so strong that you can grab a mm-hmm. good bit of the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it, it's been interesting to see it's because of the pandemic how some businesses have have pivoted, you know, and and things like that. I mean, like who would have thought 8 months ago that making masks would be a big business. Now clearly that's a very short-term type of thing. And so somebody who's thinking, oh, you know, five years from now, we're still going to be doing this. Heaven help us if they are. But it's not going to be a long-term thing. So, you know, you make your money and you go on to something else. But, you know, then the, the it, restaurants, again, another great example. You know, if, if you were able to do um, takeout and delivery, even if you had always, always been a sit-down restaurant, then you may have survived all of this. A perfect example of that is we have a restaurant and it's a national franchise. We may have it, you know, everywhere, but mm-hmm. Bonefish, which is Outback right, right. seafood mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. Well, they have a, I'm giving them free advertising. They have a family bundle. It's basically mm-hmm. $30 mm-hmm. feeds between four and five people with a pretty darn good meal. I mean, grilled chicken, mm-hmm. salad, oh, and mashed, bonefish pota- is yeah, good. <laughs> mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. bread, mm-hmm. and a dessert. It's mm-hmm. $30. Wow. I have eaten 
more bonefish in the last year than whenever mm-hmm. we would go. It's oh, two yeah. miles from my house mm-hmm. and I probably would go there twice a year to mm-hmm. eat sit down. Mm-hmm. Right. I have probably, we've probably ordered it 15 times mm-hmm. in the last year. Yep. Every other week, it's one of our staples because mm-hmm. somebody can, you know, you can grab it on the way home. Mm-hmm. And I, my point is if they just, if more restaurants created family meals delivered, mm-hmm. yep. forget that. You know, Grubhub is much mm-hmm. more the the Chinese or right. you know something mm-hmm. like that. But where you can offer like every week your menu mm-hmm. changes, mm-hmm. right? Quality family meals, mm-hmm. you know, meatloaf, mm-hmm. you know, vegetable, blah blah, you know, stuff mm-hmm. that you typically wouldn't get, right? You know, baked chicken because mm-hmm. it's maybe more healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the restaurant industry, but I know, you know, I know families. Mm-hmm. Would do that in a second because we we have a dollar figure and we have Uh a time in our head. Right. Yeah. And and we're getting used to doing that and liking it. You know, because we're we're you know we're home in in our our sweats. We're not having to get dressed up to go to the restaurant. We're not spending that time to do it. We're able to watch TV. Everybody's still on their phones. All of those things. And you know, and and mom or whoever does the the cooking is like, hey, this is cool. We just microwaved it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, we yeah we have a dollar figure in our house. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, it's ranges between forty. Realistically, if we can go forty to sixty dollars, if it's a mm-hmm. Friday or Saturday mm-hmm. night, sixty to seventy-five, right. we're fine with. Mm-hmm. We have a dollar figure that mm-hmm. we are happy to get it delivered, Grubhub or right. pickup, mm-hmm. and and we've probably done more of that. So mm-hmm. I think the rest, restaurant industry just needs to change a little bit. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you the the problem is still the same. Mm-hmm. People don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. They want a they would like to have a, a nutritious meal. Mm-hmm. For their family yep. in a fast amount of time, mm-hmm. very little cleanup. Mm-hmm. So th- that's that hasn't changed, right? Right. It's just amplified. It, it um, has, yeah, you know. And, and as I said, we're getting used to it. You know, the pandemic is going to come and go, and we're still probably going to be doing things like this because it works perfect. Yeah. So I could see like a restaurant having this massive email, like this clientele, mm-hmm. and, and that, I really think I'm giving somebody a great idea. Where literally on Sundays, you send out the menu and then you sign up for the days of the week. Like you can Mm -hmm. Mm pre-order and just run it like a a delivery catering Mm -hmm. business where you, Mm -hmm. and not only that, you only make these 10 meals anyway. Right. So that day you're only making like, Mm -hmm. you only get a choice of like three things. Mm -hmm. Right. So So you're not, you know, overdoing stuff that you're not going to sell. And exactly. mm -hmm. And you're pre-doing it. I'm just, I'm just balancing an idea and it's, it's, you know, again, there, you know, you got to vet your idea. You got to mm-hmm. test your idea. Don't bring an idea to the marketplace, not tested mm-hmm. because right. you will get your feelings hurt mm-hmm. and, and lose money, you know, and, uh, and you'll absolutely um, lose money, you know, and, and that is the the thing, you know, that, that we all have to watch is, and you, you talk about this in the, in the book is how the business is initially financed. Um, you know, and there's a variety of ways to do it, but the big thing is, even if you think it's the greatest thing, if your friends have told you the greatest thing, all these various things, really watch how much you're you're going to spend. I mean, you know, this is not the place that your kid's college fund goes into. It's certainly not, let's take out a, a second or third mortgage to pay I, for it. Yeah. All of those things. I tell people, think like a tent. Mm-hmm. You're not building a dream home. This right. is a tent. This mm-hmm. is designed to keep you from getting wet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's about the extent right. of what you're building. This is your, your startup is mm-hmm. just very, you want to put the least mm-hmm. amount of money into it. You mm-hmm. don't want to spend money on anything that doesn't accomplish two things in a startup. Does it keep you alive? Keeps you the doors open mm-hmm. or number two, does it acquire customers? Right. 
If it doesn't do those two mm-hmm. things, you don't spend money on it. No. You got to think like a minimalist. And again, mm-hmm. I always tell people pup tent, think like mm-hmm. a pup tent, that right. little two person tent that's mm-hmm. got like two poles, you know, a little breeze can mm-hmm. possibly bring it down. Mm-hmm. But if it does rain, you won't get, you know, soaked. Right. That That's your startup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as the years go, then that's when you shore it up with a, a foundation, you know, all of those various oh, things. Absolutely. When you, once you start exceeding your expenses, mm-hmm. you start fortifying that business. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you start putting money into infrastructure and, and systems and, and, you know, capital expenses mm-hmm. and things of that nature. But the first two years, it's just amazing how people waste money on that extra computer mm-hmm. and, or that, you know, they offer benefits that sound great in theory. We mm-hmm. all want to do everything for everybody, but it's, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a great idea in the first two years right. of a business necessarily. Um, you just got to, you got to, money is oxygen in business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the only thing that's going to put you out of business is you run out of money. If you mm-hmm. think about it, just keep it down to the most simplest. Right. A, a startup dies because it runs out of money. Mm-hmm. So yep. what do you got to guard? Money. Money. And mm-hmm. what do you got to make? Money. Mm-hmm. So you start with a profitable idea mm-hmm. and you guard cash. Right. Right. You know, and speaking of the profitable ideas, one of the things that you talk about in the in the book is it doesn't necessarily have to be your own idea. You know, there's franchises. There's you can model after a franchise, or you can buy into a franchise. Now, granted, that usually takes a pretty hefty yeah. chunk of of money, but or you know, the other thing, buy an existing business, buy the business you work for. Um, so, talk to us yeah. a little bit more about that because I think so many people think I'm an entrepreneur. It must be my own idea. Some people aren't very creative and don't come up with great ideas. Right. It's just but not they'd be theirs. great at doing it. Exactly. I All the things that I mentioned, you can do. In other mm-hmm. words, you can buy an existing business. Think about it. If you're a valuable employee in an existing, you know, sub 50 employee business, mm-hmm. okay, you have the owner and there's no transition plan, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the kids did not right. step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. Okay. But this owner is, in, you know, in his late fifties or mm-hmm. she's in her late fifties. And and there's no transition plan. Mm-hmm. That's a conversation worth having. Mm-hmm. Where maybe the buyout is simple. It's it's a you you structure a t- you buy it with no money. Basically, mm-hmm. the way I and because I've done deals like that, the way you structure something like that is is that the first ten five years is like let's say this person for conversation's sake makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So what you would do is you do the first five years they would get seventy five percent of that. Mm-hmm. The next five years, they get 50% of that. Right. So that would be a 10-year buyout. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then maybe there's another five years at 25%. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're just buying out the company with pre-existing money. Now, mm-hmm. you're making a bet on yourself that your new energy and excitement mm-hmm. is going to improve that right. profit. But but a deal like that can work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just told you how to buy a business without using a penny. Right. If you're reputable mm-hmm. and and the and the you know the owner knows you're a reliable person, mm-hmm. they know that you know how to run this company and you could do it. They just structured a 15 year annuity. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So you you know there's a there's a lot of ways you can buy franchises. Mm-hmm. I modeled after a franchise, a business I started 21 years ago that makes mm-hmm. me millions of dollars, and. and I, when I looked into franchises, they wanted, they wanted, you had to service too big of an area. I'm in, Mm -hmm. you know, in in central Virginia here near UVA. So we got about 60,000, you know, populations about Mm -hmm. six or Mm 60,000. I think what it is. Well, they wanted you to service 250,000. That's always like the magic number. Wow. Mm -hmm. You would have had to drive an hour and a half 
to mm-hmm. service that, like in right. a circular direction. Nobody was going to do no. that for the type of business mm-hmm. it was. Then you had to have an office had to be 400 square feet. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why, why do you, I mean, I yeah. literally took a desk. Mm-hmm. It was inside like a hallway. So we had like a 10 by 10 office. Mm-hmm. The, the desk sat against the, mm-hmm. the thing within five weeks into that business, we were getting like 54 phone calls mm-hmm. a week. We, Within three years, we were making over a million dollars. I would probably, I'd be willing to bet, and I put, I'm willing to say this on the air. I guarantee you that I own the most profitable handyman company in the United States of America. Right. I'll say that right mm-hmm. now. If any handyman company in in America gets close to five million dollars, reach out to me, and I'll apologize. <laughs> but the point is, we started that again. Not a sexy idea. Right. I just couldn't get anybody. But I there was con- definitely a need. I tried to get. I owned a mag, a direct mail magazine. Mm-hmm. And 23 cities. And I was trying to convert my dining room into a home office because we were having another child. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't get anybody to do it. It was like trying to find a one-eyed leprechaun. I've lived in a nice neighborhood with Mm -hmm. like 900 homes and I'm asking Mm -hmm. all my neighbors Mm -hmm. and nobody can refer anybody. So I started a handyman company Mm -hmm. and literally it took off like crazy. Mm -hmm. That's the example of Again, I can't put together a three-piece birdhouse. Mm -hmm. I don't know the difference between two screwdrivers Mm -hmm. at the time. But it, it was a profitable mm-hmm. idea. I modeled a franchise. I modeled like three franchises because right. I was just going to buy a franchise. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to all the ones and each of them had a massive gap mm-hmm. that I thought was a real bad, mm-hmm. like something that they could do better. One of them wanted you to have too big of an area. Mm-hmm. The other one, I didn't like their price structure. I didn't, their estimating was really weird. They were trying mm-hmm. to do a national estimate, but it's like what, what you pay in Georgia is different than what you pay in Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. So I knew that model didn't work. We right. say we customized our model and you know now millions of dollars later our, our models really, mm-hmm. really well. Right, right. So you, you know, and do a lot of things. The what I love is again, you know, it wasn't your your personal passion to do the work. Never. You know, I but don't you do any could of it now. manage it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I knew how to brand it. I gave it a really good name, great tagline, mm-hmm. the leader in home repairs and projects. We brand it. We run Super Bowl mm-hmm. ads in our area. I mean, we we take wow. it to the next. We have in, mm-hmm. I probably have twenty TV commercials in a mm-hmm. vault. We rotate them. We're on like mm-hmm. Dancing with the Stars. We do Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune. Mm-hmm. You know, we market like crazy. Mm-hmm. Which was another thing I didn't like about a franchise because they handle all the marketing pr- mm-hmm. typically. Right. Well, and, I mean, and 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 it is very specific. Absolutely. You know, there's no deviation from what they're doing. And because that's their branding. I mean, they don't want you to mess up with their brand. Right. And you can't expand well. Mm-hmm. So example, you start a restaurant and it's a certain business. You find out everybody comes to you and wants seafood. So you want to start adding seafood on your menu. You just can't do that. Right. So that was another. So franchises fit certain people mm-hmm. really, really well. Right. You just, you follow the dots. Well, mm-hmm. you, you, you don't want, you know, creativity is not your mm-hmm. thing. So it's good for you. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. And it fits some people. Mm-hmm. The creative person who's always looking for profit streams, like a person like mm-hmm. me, it didn't work out well. But um, there's a lot of ways to buy businesses. Again, right. you can buy a franchise, you can model a franchise, mm-hmm. you can buy the business you work in, you can buy just a, a business that's mm-hmm. for sale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, and, sale, and, a, a and there's brokers. Broker. I mean, there's there's all sorts of ways to to do things like that. But you know, you you mentioned something that I just I I immediately the the marketing person in me immediately yeah. went ding 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 ding. And that was where you did your advertising. And you talk about this in your book because you have to figure out who your target market is. And we say this all the time on the program. It is not everyone. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so for your advertising for Handyman, 
you were advertising during programs that women watch. Yeah, because they 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 are the target. Pro- yep. They're the ones who initiate the mm-hmm. buying process. Mm-hmm. The husband and them may talk about it, right? But it's the but wife who goes. Now nah, we absolutely. need to do this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's and and we found that you know the people that spent the most money were over fifty mm-hmm. because they owned their house, right. they had more equity, and that's mm-hmm. why we do Wheel of Fortune. Mm-hmm. We love Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spent a right. fortune when the Jeopardy thing was going on this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love. One thing is the male audience who wants to okay on the big project. We do mm-hmm. golf on Sundays. Goes right, good. right. Or the husband goes, yeah, I think you're right. We need that mm-hmm. screen porch. We need that. Yeah. Um, but knowing your target audience, mm-hmm. but definitely we, we know that eight out of 10 phone calls will be initiated by a female mm-hmm. in our business. Right. And then it's probably, you know, once the work is taking place, she's the one who, you know, we're, I'm going to stereotype here, but she's one who's home, who's managing the project. Absolutely. When I, if we do estimates, 80% of the time, it's speaking with the female. Mm -hmm. Right. And the the husband and her may have worked out a budget. Mm -hmm. The only difference is they may have over at dinner said, okay, but I'd, I'd like to spend this and no Mm -hmm. more than this. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously figuring out who your audience is, is one of the, the biggest things. That, and that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see businesses make is they, they're just too broad. And, you know, and it's, it's understandable when you're starting a business because you want to serve as many people as you can because you equate that with making as much money as you can. But, you know, it, it comes back to the, you know, trying to, to shoot a fly with, with uh, you know, a shotgun. You might hit, you might not. You know, it's, it's much better to only be going after 10 people that you know are the right 10 people as opposed to 1,000 people where it's a waste of time. Yeah. Again, the bottom, I heard somebody say, you know, a niche will make you rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, you need to have enough people to, mm-hmm. to, to you know, to obviously pay the bills. But but you got to have, you know, if you look at fishing, you, you got to, you don't go in, you, how you fish in an ocean is different than how you mm-hmm. fish in freshwater. Yep. So you got to kind of know, you know, I always say, think like an FBI mm-hmm. profiler, what demographic age group, mm-hmm. it, it, perfect right. example of that is when you watch Tom Selleck and Pat Boone, who are they market? When you watch their commercials, mm-hmm. it's over 60. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. You know, he's going to talk you through it. They're going to try to build trust. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They're going to try to get rid of your skepticism. Mm-hmm. They try to put, so, there's an absolute target market. Mm-hmm. They're talking a, and they're messaging a certain way. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the pace of their talking mm-hmm. is slower. Mm-hmm. They, the camera moves in. He goes, mm-hmm. you can trust me. I would never be selling right. you, you know, a and, reverse mortgage. Right. And know. nobody's, yeah. I mean, who's not going to trust Tom Selleck? I mean. <laughs> right, right. But if you, you, you don't have a 35 year old on there talking real fast. Right. It would, mm-hmm. It's a wrong market. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you got to be able, the reason why you want to know your target customers, because a, how you, the vehicle that you reach them is to, how you reach a 65 year old. You're mm-hmm. probably not going to get them through Instagram. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, so you got to find the vehicle that's most likely mm-hmm. to reach them. Mm-hmm. You got to find a message mm-hmm. that's most likely to reach them. Right. You got to find a call to action that creates movement, mm-hmm. you know, and each age group moves different based mm-hmm. on different things they hear. Uh, so yeah, you have to absolutely, um, you know, I talk about it in the book, you know, marketing is not optional and you, if you're going to market, you might as well do it well. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Don't waste your time and your money. But if you think you're a word of mouth business, the overall thing I kind of beat down in the book is, is Mm -hmm. that there is no word of mouth business. Okay. Rolex. I don't know if you know it. They, they sell very expensive watches, Mm -hmm. everybody, Mm -hmm. but they still advertise like crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Mercedes-Benz you know, advertises. I mean, like yeah, crazy. Yeah. I, I was mm-hmm. joking, but I don't know if you know, but Budweiser sells beer, and they're going to remind you about eight times during the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's these are rhetorical questions, right. but you still want to remind mm-hmm. your target customer why they buy mm-hmm. from you, right? That that you exist. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, and and I mean it, that's happened before, where it's like, wow, that company's still in business. <laughs> So, you know, mar- you know, good marketing, There's, it, it's the biggest thing that small businesses lack. It's, mm-hmm. it's really their kiss of death. Right, right. They, they don't know how to attract customers mm-hmm. consistently. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the, you know, the thing that you mentioned that is absolutely critical is, as you said, knowing where to reach them. You know, you might think that Facebook is the greatest thing in the world, but if your target market is not there, then use Facebook in the evenings to to catch up on your friends' kids. I mean, you know, Absolutely. do your advertising elsewhere. And and, and sometimes tr- it's the old school stuff. I mean, it's the physical direct mail pieces. I, I listen to me. Valpac makes me a fortune. I Why? Bet. Because mm-hmm. if I mail to 60,000 people, mm-hmm. it's the law of math. Mm-hmm. And not only that, people move into the area. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly getting new move-ins. Right. I mm-hmm. use what's called layered marketing. Mm-hmm. I don't trust any one thing. I use the radio for testimonials because people are trapped in their car and they mm-hmm. listen to it. Mm-hmm. And a radio ad's one minute long. Mm-hmm. I own a digital marketing company. Well, those ads are very quick, you know, 15 right. seconds, mm-hmm. you know, just a uh, pattern interrupt, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. of that nature. We use Super Bowl ads. TV mm-hmm. is visual, gives mm-hmm. you credibility. Uh, I, I just said I use Valpac. Mm-hmm. We use postcards. I mean, right. we use, I use five to six mm-hmm. different things. I don't want my business to be dependent on any mm-hmm. one form of right. advertising. Mm-hmm. I want to have multiple mediums mm-hmm. by which I can attract, mm-hmm. you know, my right. target customer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. yeah it used to be that they said, you know, you had to see it seven times before yeah. it soaked in. Now it's lots more than that. You know, I don't know what the, the statistic is, but we do have to see it multiple times, but it might be the 15th time that you drive past that billboard, say yeah. that you go, Oh my gosh, that's yeah. who I need to call. Yeah. You know, or it could be that you see a Facebook post and, and you know, your, your best friend is saying, Hey, we just had the greatest handyman in the world, you yeah. know, and that's, that comes back to, to word of mouth. But yeah, I mean, it, it really is. You have to be in, in, in multiple places. Now, again, it has to be the right multiple places. You know, I do a, a lot of social media training and somebody will come up to me and they'll say, oh my God, we don't have time to be on TikTok and Facebook and LinkedIn. And, da, 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 and I tell them, yeah. no, 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 pick one and go from there. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's too funny. When I built my platform, I got pitches to do everything. And we said, no, we, I said, mm-hmm. we're going to pick one and be big mm-hmm. on one. And, yep. and it, you know, it, it worked and mm-hmm. you can't be all things. And not only that, it's, it's financially, it's not affordable. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And speaking of financially, yeah. picking your pricing for whatever it is that you're doing is, you know, especially for an entrepreneur that's, you know, yeah. very new to this is so hard because, you know, one of the things that, and you probably see this, I see this all the time, is people underprice what they're doing. Yeah, that's Especially the, big, because that's they're the saying, go-to thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've I've never done this before, so why would people pay me a hundred dollars an hour to do it? Yeah. Well, I can tell you why. Yeah, I can tell you how <laughs> to do yeah. it. Yeah, you know, it's it, it, they're they're paying for your knowledge, for your expertise, and and hello, they don't need to know that you haven't been doing. That's this. what I was going <laughs> to tell. The big, when I started the handyman company, a number one is nobody needed to know. I didn't know the difference between mm-hmm. two screwdrivers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nobody asked me that it was Mm -hmm. information that was unnecessary. Mm -hmm. So if you can create a company that looks reputable from the Mm -hmm. beginning, 
you know, your name, right. your font, mm-hmm. your tagline, yeah. a website. <laughs> yeah, you do. Of course you do a website. Maybe you uh, join a couple associations, mm-hmm. even if it's just the better business bureau right. or a couple little local trade that mm-hmm. whatever you can get mm-hmm. some little seal of approval, mm-hmm. you've just given yourself the right to charge yeah. more. Mm-hmm. That next, you look at your competition, mm-hmm. find out what they're not doing, mm-hmm. get their pricing, buy from your competition, mm-hmm. the entire buying process, mm-hmm. buy from them, tr- call them, try to get customer service, reach out to them online, see how long it takes mm-hmm. them to respond. What you want to do is you, it's like a battle plan. You got to find where they're lacking and that's where you want to build your company around. Right. Because if you can figure out that weakness, mm-hmm. I always say, find the one promise that your, your, your competition mm-hmm. is not delivering on. Mm-hmm. That if your target customer found out you did, mm-hmm. they would chase you down for your business. Right. That one promise is what's going to make you rich. Mm-hmm. Once you figure that out, your pricing doesn't have to be the lowest. And if you think you need to be the lowest, you have a, you're going to, I hate to qualify it, but you're probably going to fail. Mm-hmm. Right. I've just never seen the lowest. To be the lowest price, you go, oh, well, Walmart's cheap. Yeah. When you have that many stores, you can start yeah, being cheap. They, they make it up for it in quantity. Exactly. The only way you can be the least expensive is to own the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Right. To have so much mm-hmm. volume that your pricing, the your buying capacity mm-hmm. is so low, the pricing you're getting from your vet, you know, from your suppliers is mm-hmm. so incredible that you can do that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's that's a very hard um mm-hmm. So it's hard to win being the least expensive. You can't mm-hmm. hire talented people. You have no cash right. reserves. Mm-hmm. You don't have enough money to do marketing. Mm-hmm. I would say figure out how you can be in the top 25% of mm-hmm. pricing. Create a value proposition and an image that allows you to be in the top mm-hmm. 25% from day one. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a much healthier uh, position to be in in a startup. Right. Yeah. And, and again, people don't need to know that you're a startup. Um, you know, I always cringe when I go to a networking thing and, you know, we, everybody goes around and gives their, their elevator pitch and you get the person who stands up and they're very nervous because they've not done it before. Okay. So you need to have practiced, but they get up and they say, I started my business in my spare bedroom two weeks ago. Yeah. My immediate thought is then you don't know what you're doing. And you're, I'll give you another example, how to get around that. When I started the handyman company, what I did is I, I, because I didn't know anything and I had to create a strong value proposition and I wanted to charge good money and we charged great money from the beginning mm-hmm. is I did no, none of our handyman had less than 15 years experience. Right. So that's so how you I could built say, the, mm-hmm. I built the credibility off yep. just not hiring mm-hmm. young people. Mm-hmm. So by just having that one mm-hmm. line, no handyman mm-hmm. has under 15 years experience. And then I came back mm-hmm. with, I wouldn't send anyone to your home that wouldn't work in mine. Right. So that was a subliminal mm-hmm. message that I'm mm-hmm. putting a top tier person in your house that you can trust. Mm-hmm. Those two sentences mm-hmm. eliminated anybody asking me how much experience I have right? or even knowing or even mm-hmm. caring who I am. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot of ways that you can word things to get credibility. Mm-hmm. You can take your cumulative staff. Mm-hmm. We have over 100 years right. experience doing mm-hmm. such as that. There are mm-hmm. so many creative ways mm-hmm. to create credibility. Mm-hmm. As a startup, you right. just got to be right. creative. Well, and sometimes you do have to, you know, as you said, be creative, frame it differently. Um, you know, I was working with a, a woman one time on her LinkedIn profile because she had lost her job. She had been a medical billing person with the same physician her entire career. And so she gives me her resume and it's like half a page long. And, and you know, one of the things that we worked on was obviously how to expand that. And you know, I, I said, okay, tell me your success rate 
on your, your invoicing because, you know, the doctors yeah. are going to love that. And she said, well, it's 95%. And I said, okay, I well, what's the normal? And she said, 80. I went, excuse me. <laughs> Huge value proposition <laughs> yeah, right there. Yeah. You know, and, and in her volunteer world, she had done lots of things. She started, a, she helped start a charter school, you know, all of these various things. And so we were able to put together a profile for her that was just, you know, it knocked it out of the park. And, you know, as you're, you know, if you're starting out, um, obviously in a business, you can do things like that just because you didn't, you know, you weren't the the boss of the, you know, it still doesn't mean you don't have 20 years of experience in whatever that industry is, you know, all these various things. Uh, There's a lot of ways to, to, it's a lot of ways to dress a pig up. Right, right. You know, and, and now we're, we might not want to put lipstick on that pig, Yeah, but, but you know, you never know. You might want to put lipstick you, on you that pig. Be, like everything I did, none of it was disingenuous. Right. And and you never, and ever want to lie. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. telling you to ever. There's mm-hmm. never a reason to do that. You're just, it's just framing what you can brag mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. and not framing mm-hmm. what is your weakness. I right. mean, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it, that's a normal way you do business. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and in your book, you also talk about things that are obviously things that, that we have to do. And that's the legal things of yes. setting up your business properly. Um, you know, talk talk to an attorney, talk to a CPA. Just protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just you some know. smart things mm-hmm. you need to do. Partnership agreements, right. if you're right. going to go into a partnership. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do you have trademarks, patents, mm-hmm. copyrights, mm-hmm. intellectual property? Do you need contracts mm-hmm. with your clients? Do you need no compete agreements? Mm-hmm. Do you need employment agreements? You may not need any of these, but you you definitely mm-hmm. just the two the three things that I tell people at the very least mm-hmm. become incorporated because now you're at least taking yourself personally from right. being responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've protected you know? your your own assets. Exactly. So number one, do that. that that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. N- number two is is that if you have a partnership, get some type of partnership agreement. I just highly mm-hmm. recommend a, right. you know some yeah. type of partnership. We agreement. don't do handshakes anymore, folks. N- no. And number three is if you're a new business, be careful regarding payroll. It's so mm-hmm. easy to to get the taxes mm-hmm. screwed up where mm-hmm. you have money in like escrow right. and it's taxes, and then mm-hmm. you pay Peter with that mm-hmm. money. You know they pay. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful. I just like right. using payroll companies. To mm-hmm. me. They take care of everything mm-hmm, right. at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. They everything's ready for your accountant. Mm-hmm. They're yep. the ones taking the money out mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. The one advice I give payroll company, you know, give companies is use a payroll company. Mm-hmm. There are so many of them for what little they charge you. It's such an such an easy way mm-hmm. to not get into tax trouble. Right. Well, and especially because taxes change, yeah. you know, and, and you're not only dealing with, with federal, you're dealing with state. Um, and depending on the type of business you Social are, Security, if you hire Medicaid, consultants, yeah. things, yeah. I mean, you know, you could be operating in multiple states and, you know, and, and you just blew your brain up trying to figure out what to do when, yeah, you just pay to have that done. You pay to, you know, you, uh, I just paid. Um, in fact, we got the notice earlier this week. Da-da-da-da! that the business power hour is now trademarked, Um, you know, and, and, and that was one of those things that I had thought, Oh, I don't need to do that. Well, of course I had somebody say, you can't use that. Well, that, you know, that was, you know, it it really was a totally different business, all sorts of things. He couldn't, you know, he really couldn't do a cease and desist, but I thought, you know, I, I wouldn't want somebody who really could have a claim 
come back against my program. And, you know, and, and so I, you know, I, I researched it and I made the initial filing. It was like 75 bucks, Um, you know, and, and I thought I'm a smart person. I can do this. And then I got the response back and I took one look at it and thought, no, (laughs) and I hired an attorney. And and I do, I hired them and they're so inexpensive (laughs) online, but that's all they do. I have somebody in my, you know, just handles everything Mm -hmm. tells me when it needs to renew. It's like every five years and yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and all of these various things. And, and, you know, you, you mentioned in the book, you know, trading and bartering for things, you know, so you might be a brand new business and let's, let's go back to the handyman thing. So, you know, maybe you, you're setting things up, you barter with an attorney that, to, you Absolutely. know, who's going to set things up for you and you're going to do some work. Now, yeah, again, you do get it in writing, for, get yeah. it clear. Don't let that be your primary business model, but there right. are some trades mm-hmm. That do make sense, mm-hmm. and it, when, again, it's survival as a mm-hmm. startup, right. and your services are valuable. Mm-hmm. The tendency is to undervalue it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just saying to you, if you're going to do a, a barter, it's dollar for dollar. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't discount yours because that mm-hmm. attorney's not discounting theirs. Right. The accountant's not mm-hmm. discounting theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've I've done plenty of bartering. You know, during the startup phase, and just mm-hmm. make sure it's a, a true dollar versus mm-hmm. a dollar. Right. I interviewed somebody on the program one time who has a bartering company. And it was very interesting because you would go in and you would say, here are the products and services that I have. And I would barter. And and she said, you know, she has people that barter for vacations. I mean, all sorts of things. But it is, again, it's very clearly spelled out um, because it, it, it there are some tax ramifications. Um, you know, it, just because you didn't pay money for it doesn't mean that there wasn't value that was exchanged. Um, and she's very successful at it. But I, I just, I found that fascinating because it, it really was a totally different business model. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, she, she had legal stuff out the wazoo on that to make sure that people weren't being taken advantage of because you know anytime you do a barter it's real easy for somebody or or donate you know maybe you're donating to say a nonprofit they it's very easy for somebody to come back and say well can you do a little bit more yeah. um and you know and it's so it's yeah just get it in writing get it clear you know I always tell people anything you do should be in writing and depending on what it is you might need a contract you know and and but you know you also mention in in the book you know as as part of this process insurance yeah. every company i I have insurance on what Arizona, I do I have an yeah. umbrella policy yeah. um you know it's very you know very simple very easy to add to my homeowner's insurance yeah. it just kind of covers and people are like you provide a service why on earth would you need or you know and and I said well because you never know something might still go wrong and you know and, and you need that clearly if you're doing something like a handyman service oh, yeah. you, you know so have, you, you have, have general to have liability yep. you have employees you need workers compensation yep. and things of like that mm-hmm. i mean you at the end of the day you just need to protect yourself mm-hmm. right. this is critical right you know and and then i i love the distinction that you make that there are entrepreneurs and there are business owners you know there the entrepreneurs love starting up companies and so then you could be an entrepreneur that becomes a business owner and yeah. you never do anything else again, or yeah. you may just keep being an, a serial yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah. I just find that, you know, some people have their entrepreneurial moment mm-hmm. and it might be six months in one year. And then they, they have that mm-hmm. one business and it's great. You know, it right. employs a few people. Mm-hmm. They're happy. I, I just say they had an entrepreneurial moment, mm-hmm. which birthed a business, mm-hmm. which is okay with that. Right. 
a definition of an entrepreneur to me is like when you watch Shark Tank, those guys are entrepreneurs. They're always right. Mark. They, they want, oh, you, yeah. They're, yeah. they're addicts. Mm-hmm. We're addicts about mm-hmm. starting new ventures. Mm-hmm. And, and right. look at Amazon is an entrepreneurial company. Mm-hmm. Microsoft is an mm-hmm. entrepreneurial company. I think they acquire on average of 28 companies a mm-hmm. year, 28 acquisitions right. a year. It's some crazy number. But uh, there's just a difference between the two, mm-hmm. I think. Right. And, you know, and, and the world needs all of it. <laughs> you know, there's that's, nothing that's the wrong thing. with a solopreneur. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with a side hustle. If that works mm-hmm. for you, you just need to do what fits, you know, right. what fits you. Right. And, you know, and as we've been saying, you need to take the proper steps because you do want it to be successful. I mean, the worst thing would be, and, and, you know, let's be honest, things fail, you know, yeah. things, things happen, you know, look how many businesses started earlier this year. And then the pandemic hit, you know, they, they probably for, for the vast majority, they may have had very good business plans, business models, concept, all those, yeah, but none of it mattered. Yeah. You know, it yeah, did. Yeah. It you know, you just, you weren't going to function, um, you know, and, and so, okay. The thing might be that you go and you work for somebody else for a while and then you try again, you so know, if it was a good idea. The second one once, typically has gr- much greater statistics. Mm-hmm. I've read that before. It's some mm-hmm. crazy statistic, but I need to go find it again. But the second right. one typically does well. Right. We learn from our mistakes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, oh my gosh, Sean, we have been talking for an hour and we didn't even get through the whole list of, of eight things, which just means that people need to read they, your book, which is again, right. Yeah. It's on your website. So tell yeah, us how just, you find it. Yeah. I was going to say, it'd be, I, I did a one hour pitch to give you a 18, to give you a book for free. Yay. If you go to seancastrina.com and I'm mm-hmm. sure she'll have it in the show notes and mm-hmm. something of that nature, but just my name, Castrina, seancastrina.com. You can get the book for free, the eight mm-hmm. unbreakable rules for business startup success. It will help you so much. Mm -hmm. So just again, go to my personal site. And and if you like the way I talk and teach, and you kind of got a little taste of that short, quick to the point, Mm -hmm. the 10 minute entrepreneur podcast, Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll feed your addiction. If you love podcasts and specifically quick doses of information, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm 10 minutes. Right. And it's right there. Uh, There's a link. You've also got blog posts. You've got your other books all these various things. So again, that's seancastrina.com. Um, so very easy to find. You know, it, it's this really has been great. Um, you know, and and I think we we need to follow up in maybe a year to see you know, when the world has hopefully calmed down. You know, the election will be done. Let's no. hope it actually yeah. legally it will be, you know, yeah, it will for, be for anybody who thinks it's dragging on. No, it, it, it will be done. You know, the pain will be over. We'll have lots of, you know, wailing and gnashing of teeth for other things. Um, hopefully the pandemic will have done whatever the pandemic is going to do. And the next thing will have come along, but it'll be interesting to talk to you again to say, okay, you know, in this new world, because I think the pandemic really is going to make us function differently. Yeah. I think um, business will be done. Yeah, differently. yeah. So it'll, it'll be fun to, to talk to you again. Until then, do you have any final words of wisdom for everyone? Hey, I just say, just, you know, keep learning, keep learning. You, mm-hmm. Information is so available, so available to you, mm-hmm. but take action on something. That's mm-hmm. the only thing. I think we almost become information hounds. Right. We just, we consume information. Mm-hmm. We take action on nothing. Mm-hmm. So just whatever you're listening to, just do something with it. Right. Right. And it won't be perfect. It might not even it's work. It's never perfect. And there's but, never a perfect yeah. time to start doing it. Yeah. But it's not going to do anything if you don't start. Absolutely. Perfect. I love it. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a great discussion with Sean Castrina. And until next time, everyone have a great day. 
Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.